Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and we are Two Broke Watch Knobs, and you're listening to episode 17, getting closer to 20. Getting closer to 20. I'm sorry I put you on the spot again by making no, I came prepared. the episode. I, I came prepared. I wrote it down yesterday, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to fuck this up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mama, Mama might have raised a fool, but at least I can count to 17. After that, it's all... I, I didn't After 17, I just don't know what's happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's funny. I was thinking this morning. We were talking about this during the pre-discussion in the last episode. Uh, uh, the idea of, like... Like, really claiming a watch. Like, supreme watch ownership. And I cannot think of a better way that watch people claim ownership of their watches um, than, like... Well, this only only counts for guys. But the second your testicles touch the watch, that's your watch. (laughs) This was... uh, So, first first testicle comment is about (laughs) a minute into the episode. (laughs) No, but I mean, I was thinking about it because when I first started collecting watches, <laughs> when I had to go to the bathroom, it was like I was I was wearing like the first Fabergé egg on my wrist. I'm like, oh, I gotta take my I got I gotta take my watch off. And so every time I went to the bathroom, I took my watch off like a toddler, completely disrobing to take a piss. The watch came I see. off. I, when, when I, I still when... disrobed to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> Things get messy, man. All. Every article of clothing is coming off in order for me to wash my hands in the bathroom. I just, I, that's my process. All right. Well, I guess but like I, what, for ownership, you know, we, we, can, we can talk about, you know, what women do eventually. If we have a women's watch episode. We can have a, I would love to have like a, like a, like a women's watch episode, just like, like a perspective of females who collect watches and like how they feel in conversations. Cause it is the same sort of, sort of, sort of feeling they might get in conversations with like gamers because lots of dudes are gamers but obviously there are more and more female gamers i think like i think they're actually more female gamers than male gamers now i think like the last statistic i heard but a lot of the female gamers uh, don't feel like there's a community for them so they don't come out they don't participate they don't socialize they just kind of log on play log off you know what yeah I mean? but, um, it's not it, just to clarify it's not those girls that wear t-shirts that just say like nerd on them <laughs> <laughs> it can be them but it is not exclusively them I'm you know a gamer. <laughs> Look at my glasses. I'm a gamer, dude. I haven't been a gamer in years, man. But um, but yeah, no. The the when I when I first started getting to watches, when I first got the the Seiko SNK, like I I, t- I took that shit off my wrist every time I went to the bathroom. Hmm. And then we were talking, and this is when we were still working together. And something occurred to me. I'm just like I'm like this watch and I have never been intimate. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Like okay. the, I I don't know the watch biblically. You know okay. what I'm saying? And so I'm like, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom with the watch on. And in the process of that, the, the watch, you know, uh, may have grazed or dragged across testicles. And I'm Something. like, now the, now the watch is mine. It is complete. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I, I, just, and I don't know if I, I can just, connect with you there. <laughs> but the thing is, so we, well, here's the thing also. I, then I was thinking about it more. When you buy vintage watches. They're never yours. They're, well, maybe they are yours, but you're just one chapter in that watch's life. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that's just just a, a notch on the bedpost. A, no- 
<laughs> Pete, Pete Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was, just, I was thinking about that because uh, I was looking at the raquette the other day and I'm like, how many Russian testicles have rubbed up on you? Like if these, <laughs> if these watches could talk, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they would, I would, I'm just so curious. Yeah, I think it's a. It's probably, all joking aside, it's a. It's a good discussion to have because, um, you know, we we go after vintage so much, but, and we kind of envy the stories that they have or the people that spend right. time with these watches for like a lifetime, and you know, after collecting for years, you realize that you haven't built your own story with one of your own watches. You know, so. Well, I think that's the kind of issue of having a large collection. Yeah. Because I always wonder, because I'm I'm now at a point, as most people are working as an Instagram, where I kind of just keep buying watches. I'm really trying to keep the collection in check because I don't want it to ever get to the point where I open my watch box and I'll be like, huh, I completely forgot about that watch. Yeah, like, I don't <laughs> I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> how how do you get in my home? <laughs> you know, but uh, so that's it, it, a good point. But um, and then so just to preempt today's you know topic, well, here should we do the wrist check first? You want to do the wrist check? Yeah, I went first last time. You go first. Okay. Uh, so today's audio wrist check, I am wearing the brand new, which I posted. Uh, I guess you know last week for when this episode airs, the Orient Neo seventy Neo seventy Solar Chronograph uh, limited edition. 884 out of a thousand. I want to read the reference number. Mm-hmm. WV0051TX. Uh, um, I don't know what to call the watch. Sexy. Uh, uh, yeah, right. I don't. I'm. I'm just gonna call it the Christmas Chronograph because it's a limited edition uh, 2016 Solar Chronograph that Orient had made for Christmas 2016. Okay. <laughs> And uh, I'd seen the piece online. Um, I'd seen it kind of in my research for the Orient Star GMT, the WZ00 that I have. And I'd seen it on uh, Rakuten. I had also seen it on Reddit. Someone, someone's like relative had bought it for them on Reddit and like brought it home. And this kid had no idea what it was because the person bought it from Japan. And so I was immediately visually taken, hmm. just smitten by it because it has a. It has these like stripes across the dial, but the stripes are like staggered and they sunburst. And so the picture I put up doesn't really do it justice. So I'm going to try and get some story segments. But um, but everyone seems to be enjoying the watch so far. It's like this ocean turquoise greeny kind of thing. And um, it's right in line with some of the other, like I think where my chronograph brain is going. Like I, it occurred to me in, in addition to the brew watch, this watch uh, is like, I now have two quartz chronographs, and I I, I really like it. I, li- I like the quartz chronograph. I don't know why. It's fun. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it, really cool. It's uh, you know, it's it's quartz, so it's like grab and go. It's convenient. Yeah. And you know, it's also you know, it's cool. You know, there's there's always something mechanically interesting about a chronograph. In fact, I think that's like the first real mechanically interesting watch that maybe somebody moves to after. You know, having a diver, like a three-hand dress watch or something. Hell yeah, dude. You yeah. Know? So I I like it a lot. Like you said, it's very grab-and-go, but it also has, like, this really cool, like, element of not, like, exclusivity, but just of, like, 
you're not going to see it very often. I really doubt I'm ever going to see one in the wild because there's only a thousand. Mm -hmm. And I have one of them, I guess. Um, but the cool thing is uh, I got this off of eBay through a Japanese seller, which was very terrifying because I was convinced that they were going to mail me dildos. Hashtag dildos and watches or watches and dildos, whatever that old one was <laughs> that we talked about. I, <laughs> no. can't, I can't remember. No, it was watchesanddildos.com. That's what it was. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Oh, no. Nine incher and an Orient. I knew it. <laughs> but... Um, but I took a risk and I'm like, okay, let's do it because the thing is the watch, so limited edition, only a thousand pieces, is Solar Quartz, Quartz Chronograph, Orient Neo 70s. Uh, it's between 200 and 300 bucks USD. And so I figure, you know what? That's not a bad price. Let's do it. Let's go for it. I got it. The watch is great. The bracelet isn't the best. So I immediately took it off the bracelet. I sized it, tried it on for a bit, took it off. And I have it now on the coolest NATO strap I've had in a long time. It is oh, one of those... Yeah. Uh, it is the Toxic NATO's uh, Toxic Shiznit's uh, Herringbone Weave NATO. Um, this thing is 22 millimeters. I got it in the gray. It is so comfortable. The weave, the weave pattern actually makes the, the, the tactile feel of the strap super smooth. Like hmm. all my other NATO's feel like super rough now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, that's, that's kind of like the seatbelt material, right? Yes, exactly. It, it's that's actually a really good comparison. It's sort of like a nice, like a really nice seatbelt. That sort of sheen and softness, because the thing is, it catches light in such a cool way. It almost has like the herringbone weave gives it almost like like mesh qualities. You know what I'm saying? Because I have it in gray. Right. Um, Terry also has it in, you know, the Bond NATO, the black and gray, and in a solid black. But and it's I'm not it's not like too thick or anything. No, I think it's only 1.4 inches. He said. Or, oh, Jesus, 1.4 millimeters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, maybe I'll try one. That's pretty cool. Dude, I would I would give it a shot. Um, it's got his uh, it's got his hardware on here, you know, that really awesome hardware. It's brushed. I This thing is so cool. I immediately went to go and buy a 20, a 20 millimeter gray for my Sumo, and he's fucking sold out. <laughs> really? Already? He's, yeah, he's already, he's, uh, he's already sold out of a few of them, man. Damn it. I think he's got some blacks and some bond ones left, but I think of both the 20 millimeter and 22 millimeter gray one, I okay. think he's out. But um, it's super cool. So this NATO on the uh, Orient Neo 70s uh, Christmas chronograph really, really makes it for me. Also, just a quick note, I have no idea what the Orient Neo 70s line is. Um, it seems to be a Japanese domestic market only line. Uh -huh. Just from looking at it, it seems like a lot of sort of newer, redesigned iterations of 70s retro-inspired watches. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's sort of like what you would see in this picture that, uh, that I, I got up, and I'll take more pictures uh, as the week goes on. But yeah, if anyone's curious to just seeing a picture of it online, that's not mine. Uh, the number is WV0051TX, Orient Neo 70s. Uh, and I'm going to call it the Orient Christmas Chronograph because that's all I can think of. Badass. Badass, man. What you got? What are you, what are you, what are you wearing for the wrist check? So I'm, I'm wearing a special watch. It's a, it's a new watch, and it, it means a lot to me because it was gifted to me by my partner here at Two Broke Watch Snobs. Kaz. Son of a bitch. <laughs> we, I, or a I, started a, I started a Christmas gift war with you. You um, fucked up. I don't I, think you understand. Yeah, 
I, I Michael, did. we had a we had a perfectly we had a perfectly fine relationship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where I could wake up and not have to live in fear of fucking like getting a gift from you. And so this past <laughs> Christmas holidays went by, and like I think like on like Christmas Day or like the day before, there's a box at the front of my at uh, the front of our door, and we thought and like you know my fiance and I thought it was like a gift from her parents and like we open it and it's 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 from you motherfuckers and i'm like oh no <laughs> what did he do you've thrown the first gauntlet in gift war everything you can't, everything has changed everything has changed the whole <laughs> dynamic is different now michael because no longer can we have normal conversations now i have a conversation where i try to be like okay maybe i can get him that thing he talked about last week when we were on the phone when you, i was on the train you, you know sneaky I mean? son of a bitch and you did what? you you got something that that i was <laughs> looking to buy for a while and um up, so i'm wearing the citizen eco drive pro master diver uh blue dial so the reference is bn0151-09l so just just as sexy as the uh orient in terms of reference numbers i know right i just realized are we both wearing solar solar powered movements yeah we're both wearing so solar powered movements yeah. hey we're going green tbws <laughs> going green hashtag tbws going green there you go <laughs> so this watch uh this is a watch i've had my eye on for a while and and uh you you knew about that so thank you yeah um, man it's kind of up. it's just a, it's a rock solid uh just diver from citizen with the eco drive technology uh 43 millimeter case but it doesn't really feel like that mm. um because it sits pretty slim uh like you said there's no rotor so it's a it's a thin watch and uh it's got the uh it's got a matching blue rubber strap with the uh no decompression limits on it <laughs> i'm not a diver <laughs> but there they are um i'll just jump into puget sound and use them uh, I don't even know what you do with that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what these words mean. It's something so you don't die. I, oh, good. <laughs> like most of what diving entails. Um, <laughs> I, I figure every procedure is so you don't die. Um, it seems to be how it works. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I kind of fell in love with this watch after seeing it on uh, Terry, Toxic NATO's um instagram feed he's got oh, one shit, that's right terry's got one i totally forgot about yeah that. he's got one just like this and i think we talked about it a bit when he was on and awesome. um i was wanting like a court citizen for a while and i mentioned it in another episode i was hunting the old citizen aqualands for a bit they're super hard to find um at least the kind that i want and i found one just this past weekend and it's i'm sure it's still up there but it's in greece <laughs> Oof. And it takes, it's going to be like a month for delivery. So I was just like, nah, I'm, I'm going to get one of those ProMaster divers and scratch that citizen itch. And, uh, <laughs> and then this box showed up at my door and you got it for me. <laughs> hey man, that would be nice. Don't get me gifts. It was, it was very nice. And, uh, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I'm actually traveling to, uh, traveling to Miami tomorrow. So, um, I'm gonna take it with me. It's gonna be fun. You can you can you can use it to time sixty minute intervals on the plane. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's about <laughs> it. That's about it. That's all I'll do on the airplane. Um, <laughs> Just turning your bezel. So how was how was the bezel action on that? Because when the box, like like I said, when the box showed up here, I just opened it, and made sure that some of the smear shit on it, and then I I mailed it over over your way. So I didn't like 
Uh, I didn't like rub my nuts on it or turn the bezel or anything like that. Like, what is the bezel action like? It's rock solid. Uh, you oh, know, wow. sixty okay. clicks. Everything lines up. Um, all the all the little hash markings line up. Um, loomed pip, so it's matching blue. Also, just kind of like the uh, a little bit gloss. So the dial is matte, and the the bezel is like a glossy blue. Um, oh, cool! And Citizen makes a black version. If uh, anyone's kind of looking at the same thing, but isn't interested in the blue, um, and they're both just equally beautiful in their own way uh it's like um i i'd say the simplest iteration of like a no-nonsense tool watch from mm-hmm. citizen that it could like survive the apocalypse um that's that's kind of what this watch is and it's what i was looking for um out of citizen i have an eco drive like chronograph but right. i th- i thought a diver would be okay. awesome and uh yeah this one this one is get gonna get some serious wrist time so loving it sweet yeah, yeah so so before before you got the watch i remember what kind of drew me to the idea of looking to that watch more is you were saying you wanted like the dive watch equivalent of like what i get from my quartz chronographs like just just like a grab and go like a grab and go watch but it still kind of satisfies that orological collecting like itch you know what i mean like, like yeah and it's it's uh it can go anywhere with you and it's still just the fact that it's slim, so it's slim by dive watch standards. It's not like you know. Yeah, it's very slim, and in all the photos that I've seen, I thought it wouldn't be. Um, right. The grab and go kind of feature is is really there. Like my other Citizen Chronograph, it's kind of, it's cool, but it's a bit flashier. It's, um, I think it's part of what they call the El Primo line or something, and okay. it has like some racing stripes on it and stuff. And my dad got it for me, and it's. It's really cool, but it's a little loud um, right. in some settings. This diver, um, on the other hand, is like it's more subdued and and classic in a way, just classic citizen uh, tool diver, and sort of looks like what they were doing in like the '80s, like in terms of dive watches. So um, um, another really cool feature is that the the edge of the bezel, the the entire thing isn't doesn't have like a grip. Or like a coin edge or anything like that. It's uh, oh. it's only in certain parts, but it's, okay. it's it's weird. It's like at eleven, one. Oh, you're right. Yeah, three, yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah. It does. Uh, the, like the little the little four coin notches. They're in like they're, they're it's four notches in four different positions, making like an X shape almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't realize it was smooth all across the place though. Yeah, it's it's a fun. It's a really fun look. Like to. To kind of it's it's hard to execute a, a dive watch anytime because it's always going to be derivative in some way of right. you know a sub or like a 50 fathoms or something but this is kind of none of those things um just kind of a cool straightforward diver and yeah really liking it and you're wearing it right now on the uh blue rubber strap it came with yeah i'm gonna keep it on the on the blue rubber for a while um, oh, it's it's just it's a look that I like. Um, I like those kind of like vented uh, rubber straps that you get on divers, like some of the Seikos and like the one that comes on the turtle. I throw it on sometimes. You know, they're they're comfy, kind of uh, super uh, super soft at times, and uh, looks nice and out of place at the office, which is <laughs> how I like my watches to be. 
Dude, nothing. I think it's going to be hard for me in the future to top being more out of place in my watch choices than when I wear the Stevrol into the office. You know what I mean? Because oh. <laughs> it looks like I pulled it off the bottom of the ocean with like Captain Nemo. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like I had to fight through Nazis with Indiana Jones just to get to work on time from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> like it's because like I can't put it's I can dress it up with the strap. But the problem is I can't roll the sleeve down over it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so i have to keep my sleeves rolled up at all times okay which is what i sort of normally do but if i oh, you probably look like a the, badass man with my suit <laughs> michael uh i don't think any watch would make well no maybe that 60 millimeter panerai that arnold schwarzenegger has maybe if i wear his watch i'll be cool too you know what i mean i'm we're gonna get arnold on the show I don't think Arnold wants to be on the show. Are you pulling up the soundboard? I swear no, to God. No, dude. no, no, no. I'm I'm trying to find his like official website. Are you gonna there's, email him? There's gotta be a way to contact him. Um, isn't he on Instagram? He's on Instagram, I'm sure. But we we, can... we are we Michael, we are on Instagram as well. We are. We should are. We, should we just like send him a picture of us? <laughs> <laughs> like us please like us we don't nothing weird dude will you please be our friend btwasl you know what i mean contact here i have i have a little contact form and okay. it's it's his face in the terminator he's half human half terminator it's half um, half human half governor <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah i'm gonna use this form okay. i'll let you know when he writes back <laughs> you tell me you tell me when he writes back okay Michael, I'm, gonna, I'm so happy I'm you wrote to me. Two, I love your show. I'm going to put the watching. Two Broke Watch Snobs email, by the way. Are you really? What are you going to say to him? Uh, we like your big Panerai. <laughs> Talk to <laughs> that us. That is not an innuendo, sir. We literally enjoy <laughs> your big Panerai. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, you... I'll write this email later. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to make a note that we're contacting Arnold Schwarzenegger to be on our show. Perfect. Hashtag contact Arnold. Oh, I should have said that. Now someone's going to do that. Um, I am thankful that no one has sent me pictures of ro- dead roaches wearing Rolexes. Yeah. I haven't gotten those yet. I have gotten a few watch boner pics. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. Oh, real watches, you just, you just reminded me. I wanted to do a shout-out. I want to do a shout-out to BioKeys87. That's underscore, period, BioKeys87, period, underscore, um it's a super cool feed um he's got a snowflake up there he's got a huge huge collection he's got one of those um gmt master batmans i have no idea what the hell it's called you know what i'm talking about yeah I, yeah i remember that um, watch. and so yeah right <laughs> and so uh he informed me that we missed a hashtag in the family of watch boner and horology boner uh the hashtag that he informed me of that we missed was a uh, horological hard on horological hard on that's okay. a good one that's 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 a damn good one, I think. Are there photos out there for that? I don't know. I didn't check. I was afraid. Okay, I'd <laughs> I'd be afraid too. You know <laughs> what I mean? But uh, but that's that that is a good bio keys. That is a good one. So you are officially getting a shout out today, and I'm making a note. Okay, hooray! <laughs> Yay! So should we? Okay, how do you want to explain what we're talking about today? Should I explain it? I mean, I, I we can both talk about it, but basically, what what Kaz and I wanted to tackle today is the uh, is the concept of maybe 
a minimum set of watches that could constitute a like a good collection, like a well-rounded yeah. collection with maybe the least amount of watches that you need, or maybe like the absolute necessary kinds of watches that you would need. But yeah, the the bare essentials, the bare essential categories that would make up the ideal like minimal watch collection between yeah. like three, four, five, or six pieces. Yeah, you know what I mean. And some like, some people like to throw like a price range out. We didn't actually we didn't really talk about price too much, but you know you'll you'll find some articles out there that it's like the three watch collection for this much or like the five watch right, collection right. for that much. Um, so it's kind of it's something that I've been thinking about a lot um, because I'm sort of reevaluating how much money should be spent on watches at all. All the money. <laughs> All the money's got to be spent, dude. All the money. Um, so, yeah, I, I always like to kind of um, think about that. And, and we've mentioned our, our own personal watch lists, um, you know, the wish list, the short list, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, we, I guess we spent some time thinking about it, and uh, we're going to share that with you this episode. Yeah, so the, the idea is kind of, I guess, to just talk about what categories of watch would be included like in terms of like the bare essentials. So like, you know, chronograph, diver, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And so I think the easy one, the easy one is any well-rounded minimum, minimum collection. You need a dive watch, right? Okay. So that's, uh, yeah, that's on your list. That's on my list. So right. what, what are, what would you say are your categories? My categories? Yeah. Or like your, <sighs> like, how many well, watches are are in yours or what you were thinking about honestly i feel like four or five watches would do it you could have four or five watches of complete different categories and have an awesome collection okay you know what i mean cool that's what i feel like because three is too little six feels like excess you know what i mean okay it to, to me personally so because the thing is, it's also because I, I know you're thinking about this. I was thinking about this also because uh, you know I I don't want my watch collection to get out of control. Sort of like what we were, we were talking about earlier, and like you know, so if I had to make the choice, like what watches would I just want in the collection? Right. But the reality is, I'm never going to sell a watch. We've talked about this before. I don't flip watches. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want all my watches cremated with me, even the ones that are like cremate proof crematable proof cremation proof i think most of most of them are probably (laughs) um i don't know anything about cremating bodies can Um, we can we can we can we petition rolex to start the hashtag uh cremation proof for their watches (laughs) just just add it to the dial paragraph that you have on some of their um that's funny though i i actually think you can do it with three watches my really? my my kind of minimum my kind of minimum collection is is three and that's what I was that's what I was thinking for for tonight's discussion. What are your three? So I think you can do it with a diver. Okay. I think you can do it with a chronograph, and I think you can do it with a basic three hand dress watch. That's that's so what is, I think. This is bare bare essential. Yeah. Now this what bare bones. What what I feel like would throw a wrench in this is, Katie, stop it. What are you doing? Is um, do you count vintage as a as its own category? No, but I think you can go with 
like vintage um for one of those choices so like let's say well, i mean it's not the dive watch i can tell you that no it's not the dive watch <laughs> so let's say let's say you have your diver and the diver itself could encompass the everyday watch or the beater watch you know which of is course, like a, okay it's a category that people like to throw around a lot and depending on the dive watch the dive watch can be your everyday your beater and your dress watch so kind of depending on what you get um it could work several ways so kind of playing around with three watches i was trying to find like a versatile choice for each one mm -hmm. um and you know there's no way around it an older kind of like 90s rolex sub is gonna do all those things for you <laughs> right right but it's kind of it's kind of expensive uh considering what we <laughs> what we usually talk about um but i actually think that in like a well-rounded dive watch that would be that versatile is actually the um the seiko shogun um interesting you don't you don't hear many folks bring up the shogun yeah so the shogun is interesting i think one of the more recent references was the sbdc 029 um and what seiko does with this watch it's actually a titanium watch and it's um it's very similar to your sumo um right. but you know it's all titanium but it has the uh i think it's called dia shield or they do something with the titanium to make it look like stainless steel. Okay. So it doesn't have the cold kind of sterile look of titanium. Um, it's thin, it's light, it's got the um, 6R15, right? That's what's in your Sumo? 6R15. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it could be it could be the beater, it could be the everyday, whatever you want to call that category. Uh, slim enough to be a dress watch if you want it, and that's kind of the budget conscious choice that I would pick for, for a diver. Interesting. I yeah. mean, now, how much, how much do those usually go for? I mean, they don't make them anymore, do they? Or do they, are they still, I guess, obviously they're still. Yeah, they do. They do still make them. Uh, the SBDC 029 is the, right. the, the current model. Um, and they, they hover between like 700 to 800. So, um, it's, okay, that's it's, that that's a super reasonable price to pay for the only dive watch you have if yeah. we're talking about that mythical collector. Yeah. And it's it's um it's kind of if you want to think about it in in the Seiko language, it's sort of right under the Marine Master, uh the SBDX017, which can actually be had for under a thousand if you look. Um, but it's kind of thick. Yeah, it's which kind of makes it a little less versatile in my book when considering a three watch collection that's the thing because i feel like if you were to do a collection of just three watches yeah they're all sequestered to their own categories but there should be a little bit of play you should yeah. be able to potentially dress up the uh, uh the dive watch to potentially you know maybe um sport up the dress watch quote unquote you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i know what you're saying so did you so we we both agreed on diver being one we of both them. agree on diver i i i went super cheap for my diver okay <laughs> so i had two choices uh the mako 2 usa the new one because i just think there's there's it takes off so many boxes in terms of like price and look but it, it's also like a watch geek watch 
it hacks at manual winds, you know what I mean? And the thing is just such an amazing improvement. The F6 9 caliber is such an amazing improvement from the, uh, what is it, the 469, 496 uh, calibers that was in the original Mako ones that you have, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And I like it because you can, you can rock it on the bracelet or you can dress it up. I've seen those things on leather and they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I had you know mine. I, mean? I had mine on leather for a bit. Um, it, uh, I don't like leather too much to begin with, but I, you know, it definitely works. You mentioned that. Is it just like, like the feel of leather or is it like, it's just doesn't really like look cool to you? Um, it's kind of just more of a, I think maybe it's a visual thing and, uh, yeah. kind of, <laughs> uh, sort of an ethical thing for me, but, uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, you you don't you don't enjoy enjoy garbing yourself in dead animals. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's it's just been that. weird for me. Like a lot of leather things ever since I was a kid. But uh, I mean, I have a leather wallet, so you know, there's there's that. But yeah, leather straps. I don't know. I haven't haven't found one that I really like. So I mean, that's probably why you just don't like dress watches because you're not like a dress watch guy. So that's why I'm, I'm interested to get to the. Uh, like dress watch choice you know what i mean yeah yeah but we'll get there eventually but yeah so i for my diver i chose the mako 2 usa so what i tried to do with my choices also is i for me and the way i collect watches personally if i'm imagining someone who has a very small collection each one of those needs to be like there needs to be something visually very distinct and interesting about them and so if we're talking about the mako 2 usa i, I gotta talk about the white dial like, if you're going to choose one, choose the white dial. Mm -hmm. you know I mean? That thing, oh, that thing is so fucking cool. And it's never in stock. Well, actually, I think it's on, it's, I think it's in stock on um, OrientUSA.com or whatever the website is. But, like, if that that's full. That's, like, full MSRP. And they never have coupons for the Mako 2 USA, which is very annoying. Yeah. You know? The other choice I picked for uh, uh, Diver, just in terms of, like, quintessential like very basic collection was um the, the 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 new turtles the new srp turtles i don't know which model number specifically i guess any of them because there's something super versatile and cool about that case shape you know what i mean because depending on how you roll it it can look like a vintage diver it can look like a modern rugged diver mm -hmm. and you can't potentially dress it up you know what i mean no yeah i agree i i've seen people put those on mesh i've seen people put them on leather um, you know, wearing kind of bigger dive watches with a suit these days is it's normal. I mean, that's yeah. I think I think I think Rolex made it normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, because for a long time, um, a lot of those like office dress watches they looked like those old law jeans three handers with like champagne dials and like gold or silver cases or like those Omega Seamaster thirties. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that was like the office watch and then rolex made submariners cool i guess and they just started seeing them in the offices I, I don't know that that would be an interesting thing to bring up in the future just yeah. kind of like how that became okay to wear in the office but, but yeah those are my those are my two picks for divers i don't know if i was supposed to supposed to pick two or not you know what i mean i mean you can but yeah i, I, I was... can <laughs> no rules man we're just we're just spitballing here um yeah. and so so we so then we both have dress watches then in our so one of my three is a dedicated dress watch and one of your four or five is a dedicated dress watch correct correct okay so um you want the dress watch what is your dress watch i'm curious 
So I was actually thinking, um, you know, since you mentioned I, I'm not really like a leather person, right. but um, I'll mention two. Um, the first one would be the Hamilton Intramatic. And it's interesting. Yeah, it's one that they released. It's been out for a while. Um, it's 38 millimeters. Uh, you can get it on leather if you want, but it also comes with like a steel bracelet if you want if you want that option. Okay. Very slim, super dressy, like 100% like Don Draper. Uh, it's, I don't know if you have like an image pulled up, but the dial is kind of like brushed and it's just like a basic, it's a two hand watch. There's no seconds hand. You just get the two hands and the date at six o'clock and the old Hamilton logo with automatic and intramatic just like right above six o'clock. It's like as cool and as basic as you can get for like that's cool what's the what's the the model number again so it's the hamilton intramatic um i think the reference is yeah i got it here it's h384 551 51 h384 551 51 and um you know, it's slim. I mean, even this watch can be like an everyday watch, um, you know, because it's still like the full, really rugged stainless steel look. 38 millimeters is totally wearable size. And I think every occasion um, right? you have kind of that timeless <clears throat> Hamilton look. And if the uh, if the two hand thing bothers you, I mean, it doesn't bother me. Um I know another good option sort of within the same kind of genre is the uh is the Junghans Max Bill. Uh they have some models in like 38 that come in at like under um uh, certainly under a thousand and you can get them on mesh or, or leather or anything like that. And you have that you can take care of you can knock out the dress category and you can knock out the German category if that was one of your categories and you can knock out like uh sporty category interesting um, i i i I, you know, I always hear about and see like the youngings the youngings pieces but like i don't know anything yeah i don't know anything about them yeah yeah there's not much you know that's <laughs> that's interesting that's another brand that i don't think does very much marketing no uh, i don't think so it's it's really specific to like watch nerdery um, right <laughs> and like forums and like reddit and stuff like that so yeah, if you know, for out of my three, you know, the diver, the dress watch, and the chronograph, I'd probably go with one of those two. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So I, 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 I was just confirming the reference code on my dress watch. Should we move on to my pick? Yeah. So, like I was saying, I was really trying to focus on pieces that had something special and unique about them. They didn't just fulfill like the the obligation of the category. So for my dress watch. And this might be a weird one because it's sort of on the skirt of the thousand dollar mark. Full MSRP is like a little over a thousand dollars USD. The problem is it's a JDM piece, I think. Okay. I'm not sure. It is the Seiko Presage SARX029 three hand black Urushi dial. SARX0 what? SARX029. Let me take a look at this one. And it is fucking awesome it's oh, sacred oh massage so it's like <laughs> it's 
What's up? Ooh la la. <laughs> Ooh la la. It's cool. So it's it's that black Urushi dial. So Urushi dial, for people that don't know, it's a technique of lacquer that um, is kind of in tra- Japanese tradition. It's traditionally done on wood. It's a wood lacquer technique, but I believe they've adapted it to like the type of metal they use here. And so it's the idea that as the lacquer on the dial ages, the blackness gets uh, richer and gets darker, if that's possible. So it's got a black dial. It's Roman numeral uh, uh, indices around the dial, and it's gold hands. It's super, super simple. It's super, super thoughtful, but it's got two things going for it, which I really enjoy. It has a really cool kind of two-tone old feel to it because the hands are gold, but the case is silver. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it has the Arushi dial. And this is, I think, the lowest amount of money you can pay to get the Arushi dial on a watch. <laughs> uh, right now, it is on shopping in Japan for 953 bucks. Interesting. And they say 953 and you save 120 So I guess that means full MSRP is probably like... Oh, God, math. Like 1,070? Yeah. 1,100? So, do they do anything special on the hands? Because the hands look like they're... I can see they're gold, but it looks like almost like a powdered gold look. It's powder, yeah. Someone's going to correct me, which I really hope someone does. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm kind of hoping, you know, Eric Strickland or BHR watches someone. Because someone that normally corrects me, please jump in on this. But I'm pretty sure they're (laughs) like... they're it's gold dust it's like a it's like dust applied uh like gold dust applied to the watch hands so they have almost um a not smooth texture to them so the not smooth texture of the hands behind the very very smooth refined polished texture of the dial it's really really cool you know what i mean Mm. um it's a very beautiful watch the only thing that this watch doesn't have going for it is there is no conceivable way to dress this watch down <laughs> no and I, it's not gonna happen i think i think quite a bit of watches in the presage line are, are like that yeah um well those chronographs there might be some ways those uh those uh 60th anniversary chronographs the white dial the black dial arushi i think i think with, with any chronograph it's possible to dress it down especially because those are thick because they're modular right know? but this uh there's no way. But what I do like, it has sort of a flair of a modern kind of sensibility in that the strap, it looks like a crocodile or alligator strap. I can't ever tell. But it has the two stitches, just the two stitches uh, near the lugs. Oh, I see you that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So oh. you see a lot of modern straps that have that. So it's, a, it's an interesting piece. It's a dress watch that uh, watch nerds will appreciate. And it's something that could totally just, you know, blend into what you're doing. And it's... I'm I'm counting it as the under under a thousand dollar mark. So um, I'm on Sia Japan right now, and it's on. Oh, do they have it up there? It's on there for seven ninety nine. What the fuck? Everyone get to Sia Japan right now <laughs> and buy that watch. Eight hundred. He's, he's bucks? good, man. He's 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 really competitive in, in his pricing. So. Say eight hundred eight hundred bucks for an Urushi dial. That's that's so cool, man. Yeah. Can Maybe I, one day. I'll, can we just go out and say this? Seiko what? makes so many watches. Like I didn't know about this watch. <laughs> they make so many of them. They make so many watches. Um, well, the thing is, I, I like I said, I think this is JDM. You know what I mean? Right. So they make just and the same thing with the watch. Uh, 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 I did with the Audi wrist check, the Neo seventies. If they don't have the model here, we don't hear about it. You know what I mean? But Seiko, yes, to your point, Seiko makes 
a lot of watches and they make them to so many different sensibilities and budgets but it's funny because my i i love my 50 dollars seiko as much as my like 400 dollars seiko my sumo or however much i paid for that watch you know what i mean there's still something in terms of the sensibility which really attracts me to both pieces right so i could buy a 50 dollars seiko or I could buy that goddamn SBGE001, you know, uh, 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 GMT spring drive. Mm-hmm. It's like 6000 bucks or whatever. <laughs> and, like, I'll still, like, and we've said this in the show before, and I said it to uh, Joe Kirk and um, the other guys when I was down there in the Miami boutique. Like, you could spend your whole life just collecting Seikos, and it would be a completely full and rich life of watch collecting. Yeah. Very, no, I've I've come to the conclusion that it's, you know, and I'm sorry to the listeners if if you hear us talking about them, maybe more than we should, but it's <laughs> it's by far my favorite brand. Um yeah. I I'm actually even toying with the idea of like kind of tailoring my collection to have maybe one or two, I guess quote unquote like iconic or absolutely essential watches and then collecting Seiko. <laughs> so Hey, there's nothing it it will be a life well lived you yeah. know what i mean yeah no, um it's great so this this just occurred to me also so if you if you never heard of the watch and you looked up the watch and like yeah it's a cool dress watch but i'm not really down with sort of that vintagey kind of old watch inspired look to it with the black and the gold and the silver case if you wanted a more modern inspired but still fucking clutch dress watch for less money Check out the, uh, the, I got it right down here, the Sarb 033. I always messed that up. You know what I mean? S-A-R-B 033. Oh, yeah. That, awesome. That one, that one can do anything. And it comes that with, can... it comes with like an oyster bracelet. Like, uh, kind of like oyster style. Stainless yeah. steel bracelet. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's got, it's got bar indices. It's a black dial. It's all stainless steel. So there's no gold. There's no two-tone. Um, it has a little date window. The date window has the, uh, uh same sort of silver, uh, uh, lining as the, 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 the bar indices do. Really, really thoughtful, really awesome dress watch that you know you can rely on and that you, I think you can, how much these things cost? Like three or 400 bucks? Yeah, the Sarbs are usually maybe like um, like around 330, you know, for, yeah. the, for the 33 and the 35. So the 30, that's amazing. 33 is the black dial, 35 is the white dial. Yeah, that's um, amazing, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, those are, those are my two picks. One of them... Uh, might be a bit too out there or niche for some people. The uh, SARX029 Seiko Prashaz three-hander black Arushi dial. If you want something that's a bit more everyday, modern sensibilities, can kind of really go with you anywhere, check out the Sarb 033. Super, super cool. And I think the Sarb 035 is the white dial version? Or yeah. The cream dial version? Yeah. So if you want the cream dial, that's an option too. Yep. No, yeah, cool, cool picks. Um, I like your picks because I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, 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 I feel like I've already said too many Seikos. <laughs> All my brands have been Japanese so far. Well, we've mentioned we've mentioned three only so far, so okay. between the two of us, so it's fine. Okay, don't worry. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'm almost done. Like I said, I think you can do it. <laughs> I think you can do it with a diver. I think you can do it with a dress watch. And I think you can do it with uh, a chronograph. Um, I mean, you can find a chronograph that serves as a dress watch also, but I... I um, The chronograph is its own category, I feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, these categories and, like, kind of terms that people throw around can be really confusing. And, um, 
you know, I mean, really a good collection is something that has like digital stuff in it too. Right. Like, you know, Oh yeah. Sure. Some, yeah, some, of course. You know, quartz can be a category too, but it's not, it's not something that I included in, in my three. I just went very general with the chronograph. Right. I mean, the chronograph that I picked is chronograph also in your, in your group as well. Oh yeah. There's a chronograph on here. Okay. It's a weird one. So mine, mine, um, mine is different. Uh, it, it kind of goes, it goes over the thousand dollar mark that we usually okay. talk about, but used, you can certainly find them, um, maybe not under a thousand, but, um, close, certainly at a sensible price. If you, if you save up and, uh, and do some hunting, but it's the, um, it's the Zin 103 with the Ooh. acrylic crystal. So um, this watch appealed to me because uh, it's sporty. It's also slim, so it can be versatile enough for you know your everyday wear or, or whatever while being your chronograph. Right. But um, you know it takes care of like that high contrast black dial, highly legible like chronograph look um what's the uh, number again i'm sorry zero one three you said yeah it's the zin one zero three uh you can get it on a bracelet or you can get it get it on leather for for around like 1700 but like i said you can do some hunting in the used market um but what i like about this one um it's a chronograph but it's also technically like a flieger watch so um you know if pilot watch was something or a category that you're interested in, or like you absolutely need a pilot watch in your collection. Um, this also doubles as technically a pilot watch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's uh, that's kind of what I like, and it's uh, you know Valjou, um, seventy-seven fifty, I believe. So if I'm looking at the right one, this is the one that has those syringe hands, right? Yeah, syringe hands. They make a bunch of more expensive variants like some of them come with sapphire some of them are like the crazy tegmented like um steel that zin does like they're like submarine steel okay <laughs> but those get really <laughs> pricey some of them are like um like utc versions that give you like a gmt hand but this one Goodness. is kind of like at the at the bare bottom of like zin chronographs um and that's kind of that's why I picked it. It's it's a really cool look, um, actually. Uh, I think it would satisfy the Speedmaster itch if uh, if I went for it. It's interesting. And so you said you can find them used for under a thousand, or for around a thousand. Around a thousand. If you, man, if you find one for under a thousand, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Jump on it. Because <laughs> I know I know on leather. I think new they're around seventeen hundred. Okay. Um. You know, you don't have to go with the bracelet necessarily. The leather is really cool too. Um, but uh, this, yeah, this is my pick for a chronograph. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just an asshole. I feel like you chose much better watches than me. I'm looking at this thing right now on my phone. <laughs> this thing is so cool. It's um, it's fun. It's it's one that I really I've I've found myself thinking about more than once. But it is. It is quite a bit of money creeping up on the uh, two thousand dollar range, like brand new. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, maybe maybe if this was if this was if, like if the this one was the only chronograph you had. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? And like I said, I think it's versatile enough to be worn in in a bunch of different settings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, you want to talk about my pick because my pick, um, I'm probably gonna need some help on. <laughs> okay, I can help you. you. You might know more about it than I do. So for some reason, the chronograph I was thinking about. So again, my weird criteria, like. You know, if you're going to do a dress watch, get the Urushi dial. You know what I mean? If you're going to do a one diver, you know, get one of these new Makos that has the new in-house movement. Like something you can still geek out on hard, whether it's like a history thing or a function thing or a, or, or a finishing process technique thing. So when I was thinking of the chronograph, for some fucking reason, like I feel like people would expect me to say the pole shot. I'm not going to say the pole shot, which, although you should, everyone should buy one of those pole shots. <laughs> um, the chronograph for me i had chosen the the seagull 1963 that 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 that, that column chronograph you know what i mean right yeah because there's i feel like just in terms of if you're if you're like a sort of a movement geek or a budding movement geek but not just in terms of the actual technical specs but the history of how movement becomes a movement it's a super cool watch you know what i mean so there there are a couple different variations um i know there's there's like a panda version there's um there there's like a bigger version but would you say yeah, the 38 millimeter one it would would that be your your pick is that the reissue that's the reissue and from my understanding the most uh historically accurate to the original is the 38 yeah 38 millimeter with the acrylic crystal definitely definitely get the reissue with the, the 30 millimeter with the acrylic don't try and find an original one because it's just it's i don't think it's possible yeah right? I, I i don't know i know the 38 millimeter on long island watch with the acrylic crystal is 300 bucks <laughs> that's awesome yeah you know what i mean so um, the reason i chose that watch is you can wear it it has all the functions of a chronograph it also has the added bonus of being a columnal chronograph chronograph so the action and actually using the chronograph function is going to be a lot smoother not like my fucking pole jaw which is a a, a cam operated chronograph and every time i operate it, it feels like i'm stopping my cats to death it is not a smooth chronograph to operate <laughs> okay but uh the reason i like this one is there's just so much history behind the idea of how the first chronograph movement uh uh, uh got to where it went to basically um correct me if i'm wrong the it's a chinese chronograph and they purchased the rights to an old venus movement mm -hmm. yeah um in switzerland so they had taken that and then they had basically run with it and there are different iterations now like michael was saying and there's old ones and there's new ones and all different versions and the reason i like it is it's sort of analogous to the journey the pole jot 3133 took you know what i mean sure the only difference is I feel a little bit more confident, I think, buying uh, a Seagull 963 reissue than like one of these new pole shots because it's just it's very confusing trying to figure out yeah. what you're getting is original and everything like that. Plus, I think they're expensive. I think I've, they're like Ugh. I've never seen an original Seagull like because this this is essentially a Chinese. It, it was a watch for the Chinese Air Force. From, I believe so. Yeah, like yeah. I said, this I chose a watch I don't know a lot about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I. I mean, I. I've only. I've only seen them in places like Watch You Seek. I know there are a bunch of Reddit users with them. Yeah. Um, there's like a super old Hodinkee article on these. Also, um, funny. I wouldn't think that they would write about this, but. Um, well, if it was an older one, I'm sure they had no problem back then. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I've never seen. Uh, 
I've never seen like a vintage like original because I think no. that would be military issue. <laughs> like probably, I, yeah, I mean, probably. But I think it's cool because obviously it has all the chronograph things. It has a very unique look, yeah. so you could wear it to the office. And if you have the reissue, you you can probably not have to worry about it falling apart because it's like a vintage piece. But it's just you could do a lot of research and history on that piece and just get lost. Just yeah. get lost reading articles, reading about um, you know uh, what happened with Venus and Switzerland and like all the other movements that Venus ended up in and like Venus in relationship with Valju and all the things that Valju had had a hand in and just it's it's one of those watches you can really really lose yourself in and in my opinion that's what I feel like a good chronograph is because a lot of these chronographs that we latch onto. They had this history you can just just get just just dive into. Yeah. You know? yeah. Speedmasters, uh uh, you know, the um, what are some other chronographs that are good? You know, the 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 Monaco, the Monza, the Poljot, obviously, you know what I mean? Um even the Strellas, those old 30 uh 3017s. Oh, um, old Russian. Don't talk to me about that watch. Hey man, one day, one day <laughs> we're gonna get one. Maybe maybe you'll get one for Christmas this year. I don't, don't know. It depends God. on you. It depends on you, Michael. Don't it escalate on the if, gift war. If if I surrender. <laughs> I suggest you just let the gift war die. <laughs> God damn it. Speaking, you know speaking of the Seagull 1963, actually, there's a very, very educational video on the Long Island Watch uh, YouTube channel where uh, Mark actually goes through every single model that they carry. So I think... Uh, Dude, they have such good videos. Yes, yes. Like I said, man, all you need, <laughs> all you need is a bottle of wine and Mark's voice. <laughs> Mark's voice. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna write that down to put that link in the show notes, and I'm gonna tag Long Island Watch, because uh, those guys are the best. <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like that's what makes up the good chronograph. It's not just what it looks like, and it's not just like what the brand is. Is it? Because a lot of these things were designed as very similar to the dive, actually, in the same vein as dive watches, function pieces, and so it's the function of the piece which really adds to its value. So if I only have to have one fucking chronograph, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, not me. I wouldn't I wouldn't choose this watch. But I'm, t- I'm you know someone else. Like if it was me, I'm I'm, I'm just going to have my pole job. But someone else, you know, if you're looking for something cool and you didn't want to have to worry about getting like a vintage piece and all that stuff like that, don't get the pole job. I would look for one of these 63 um, reissues. Check out Long Island Watch. I mean, if you're in the US, they're up there. And um, I'm gonna put that video up. That's super cool. I had no idea that existed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great video. It's like 15 minutes long. He he really goes into detail because there are but like I said, there's there are different di- uh, different case sizes, different dial options. Like like some of them are like cream dials, some of them are like sunburst. There's like a panda yeah. dial. Like it's you, and then all of them can either be like sapphire or acrylic. And it's yeah, there there's there's you really can get lost like researching that watch, and it's. It's a super great price, yeah, especially on that, on that, that thirty-eight millimeter. That's that's great. Exactly, exactly, and that's the cool part. Like, I, I really feel like it's if 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 I'm only gonna have four or five watches in my collection, like I, I better have a lot of passion for those watches, not just the way they look in the watch box, but just sort of what they represent. And so I thought that was like an interesting pick that I wouldn't normally pick. So I'm just trying to not choose Russian and Japanese watches, right? <laughs> So I chose, I chose a Chinese watch. <laughs> hey man, I think that's a great pick. Don't 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 worry about your picks. That's a that's a great option. But, so uh, those are your three categories. Yeah, my three. Like I said, diver, chronograph, dress watch. I feel like okay. I'm I might have some honorable mentions, but like I kind of excluded them because they're 
maybe not so necessary. If I would force in a fourth category, it would okay. be some something dig- digital like the DW Casio DW fifty six hundred that I mentioned. In, uh, a, I didn't even think of that category. That's a great category, though. Yeah. Like ubiquitous digital watch. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? But if if I had to throw in a fourth, it would be digital and it would be that watch. Yeah. If uh, yeah. Okay. So we can agree on that. Yeah. If you were if, if so for the digital category, honorable mention, the uh, uh, the fifty six hundred. Or if you feel like that watch, if you were like, yeah, I want a digital watch, but you feel like that watch might be too small or a bit too old schooly, get a range man. You know what I mean? The range man, those, that's that's the that's the chunkier one, right? With like the big yeah, button yeah. in the middle. If you want, if you want the watch that a Klingon would wear, you know what I mean? <laughs> you get the range man. Oh my god! DW, have, you, have you seen the have you seen the frogmen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, those they got are, a whole bunch. Those are massive. <laughs> yeah, dude, they got a whole. They got, there's so many different G shocks now. You know. Yeah, the range man's um, the range man's cool. I think it gives you like an altimeter, a barometer, and a compass or something like yeah. that. Yeah. For when you do all those things. When <laughs> you things for you. <laughs> dude, one of them reads like the tides for you. <laughs> I don't know when I'm gonna need that. I don't know when I'm gonna need that either. Uh, here, here I am snickering at it. One day I'm gonna get fucking lost at sea, end up on like a dead, like a like a desert island, and be like, man, I really wish I had a fucking range man right now. And fucking that's, range man. Would that's really when be Instagram helpful. is gonna roast you. Ha ha, Kaz. This fucking uh, SARX zero two nine presage is not fucking helping me at all right now as I'm stranded in the ocean. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that. I mean, that's mine. What which. Uh, which one so you know what's you funny? As, as we were talking, I was crossing off and writing new categories because I just started getting so confused. But one category I'm set on, I don't know if it's a real category or not. Okay. I feel like it is just because I am recently the new owner of one. I wrote GMT as a category. Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm. a GMT watch, so it might be easy to say, oh, GMT watch, well, that's a dress watch. Not really, dude. Oh, it's a sporty watch. Not really as well. You know what I mean? Okay. If I can't put it into any other category, is it then its own category? I sort of feel like it is because my my Orient Star WZ um what the fuck zero zero seven one DJ oh my god um it's not really a dressy watch it's not really a sporty watch it's sort of like 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 a stripper straddling the middle and it will go in whatever direction I sort of nudge it towards with what strap I put on it you know what I mean and so I feel like yeah. a GMT is its own category. But that, that watch, I think, if you're going to talk about that watch, I think that can be, that can easily fall into the everyday <clears throat> beater category, even though you don't want to beat on that watch, but... Oh, but we didn't have an everyday beater category. No, no, we didn't. But I, I'm pretty sure that most people do, um, which right. is, it's funny because most of the time those watches are divers or divers, you exactly. know, some kind of like sport watch that is like you said kind of teetering between dressy and sporty well maybe the ultimate goal of a collection like this between three or four or five pieces is to have every watch be a contender for your everyday beater watch because with the collection that's small enough you could technically technically i mean like maybe everyday beater isn't the right terminology but it's the idea that like these are watches you wear you can wear them all the time and there's so few of them that you could still wear multiple ones in a week. So maybe that's the goal of a collection like this. Right. Is to have every watch be the potential everyday beater. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because right now I have my Omega Seamaster 30 in the case. That is not an everyday beater watch. Yeah, I still need to get that thing serviced. Don't don't but, beat it. Don't don't beat no, that watch. I'm not gonna, I don't even wind it anymore, dude. That's how bad it's gotten. All right. Don't even look at it. <laughs> I don't. I, I think I have like a like a. I think I have like a like a like a like a, like a, like a you know a ceremonial rag covering it. Like I'm like I don't want sunlight touching my watch. You you're, you're like Nigel in Spinal Tap. It can't be played. <laughs> Still got the old tagger on it. <laughs> Proudly brandishing the tag. But yeah, no. So I think I think maybe that's the ultimate goal. So so can that be said of all the watches we've chosen? Can all these watches technically? be or act as everyday beater watches i think so i i think I my think so too. my three choices i think because because certainly like working with just three i i tried to like max out the degree of versatility in each of yeah. my choices and you know each one of those being a contender for the everyday watch is um is a huge requirement you know when yeah. when making that choice yeah. That that uh, I'm I'm super down with that Hamilton you chose, and I'm super down with that Zin one zero one you chose. That 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 thing is so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So then, did you have did you have like a fifth one, or or do you think so here's the ones, you can deal with four? Here's the ones I crossed off. Um, I crossed off vintage. Okay. Because <laughs> the thing is, I just chose the category. I don't. I I can't be the type of person to tell you what vintage watch to purchase but i believe all watch collectors in their heart of hearts have some sort of uh predilection or aspect of the past that they're like romantic about and I that agree. they could potentially collect a watch about that i agree I mean? yeah so i had that as a category i don't know specifically what fucking watch you should get but i think it's valuable for everyone to have at least one vintage you know watch like it's just just something whether it's cheap or expensive or you know, what if it's like, it could also be a project watch. I know some people, like, uh, I've chatted with them on Instagram. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I like buying watches and, like, opening up a ticket. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You went to, like, watchmaker school? No. <laughs> 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 they just like tinkering with them. So there's, you could always buy a vintage watch and do that. It doesn't matter. I just think it's important, especially with watches in general, to have some sort of uh, foothold in the past. So I, I, I had vintage watch on there as a category. Uh, I also had fuck off watch, which I immediately crossed off, and then wait, that, I had... that's that's a fun one. That's 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 the peacock watch that we talked that's about. That's the peacock watch, but it's just uh, I don't feel like that's essential to a, to to a collection. Certainly not. Certainly not. <laughs> I, I mean, well, it depends. It depends on the crowd you're peacocking to, because because <laughs> I can probably peacock to to our crowd with like an original sixty two MAS from Seiko. Oof, don't don't bring that up right now, free Basel, dude. Don't even. They'll take us off the air, man. <laughs> so that that's 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 a pretty sweet sweet peacocking watch, but I mean, I, okay, I, I I guess I I guess I agree. That makes sense. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. Um, the other category I crossed off was Flieger or Flieger, however you say it. Okay. Because I, I, it was like a Flieger slash field because there's something uh, really cool I think about. A pilot's watch about a flight watch like if you got one of those stova or if you got one of those laco or those um archimedes which are like a really really cool entry point into the brand i don't know which fucking flieger you should get but it, yeah i crossed it off because i don't think everyone i don't think you need one of those <laughs> yeah i mean really not not it's, every it's, not everybody looks right. for that kind of connection to aviation if kind of one of my favorites um 
you know, not even looking at Stova or Laco or anything like that is another Zin and it's the 556. And that yes. one, that one is just a hair over a thousand at like a thousand eighty on leather. And you get, you do get kind of like you, you get the pilot look for sure with the yeah. altimeter hands and like the big numbers and stuff like that. It, it all, it's almost like a mini like Bell and Ross, but at the same okay. time, it, it's very wearable. It's 38 and a half millimeter case and um, can kind of pull off the field look, can even maybe pull off the dressy look. So, well, because the other reason I also had it on there originally is because a lot of these categories are like legacy functions of what watches have always been. So, chronographs, divers, yeah, flight watches. I mean, fleegers, flight watches have a role in the history of watches. It's just that for some reason, I guess they're not popular, they're not their own subset anymore i mean yeah. i don't know what it is i don't know if maybe they got too conflated with field watches because lots of brands have field watches you know what i mean that's true even so, even the snk series from mm-hmm. um you know the snk seiko fives those yeah. i think kind of are considered field watches <laughs> or marketed as field watches but technically right. it has a navigation dial that you see yeah. on like some of the the type b like fleegers so, exactly yeah maybe yeah, i mean and there's, 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 there's the orion there's the orion flight so obviously it's called the orion flight so it's kind of more leading towards the the idea of a pilot's watch but uh, it looks very similar to the seiko snk 809 field watch yeah certainly <laughs> you know what i mean so maybe that's why it's just kind of gotten weird but yeah i mean you know dive watches still happening uh, racing chronographs, you know, technical instrument measuring chronographs still happening. For some reason, flight watches, I don't know. Not not so much. Maybe, I don't know. So this, just, uh, we can we can gather then that this is this is a very personal matter, you know? What, Pe- the, 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 the reduced collection? Yeah, people are going to look course. at this in hundreds of different ways. Yeah. You know? So, interesting. These I think it would be cool. I, I think this is a good point to ask the audience as well. Like, if you've made it this far, if you've made it past uh, rubbing testicles on watches in the first minute, yeah, in the in the first like, yeah, I I I rifle that off in the first minute and a half or two minutes, <laughs> I think. Um, if you've made it this far and then past everything else, like, what do you think would make the ideal like rudimentary like essential collection, but still fulfilling? Now, I don't mean like living a minimalist lifestyle where I only own this napkin. I mean like a minimal collection of still very rich and fulfilling watches. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, between like three and five pieces, like what categories make sense? Would would Flagger be on there? Would it not? Because the thing is, I don't have any type of uh, predilection or passion for aviation. But there's something about a flight watch which I'm like, man, I really would... I really would, I think, like to have one in the collection, which is why I'm looking at these Archimedes pieces. You know mm-hmm. I mean? Me too. Because they're they're <laughs> hovering. Or, yeah, there's just something. I just I just would. I don't know if it's just the style of that crown, that like onion diamond crown. That, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? That thing is that thing is cool. That thing just looks like it's fun to operate. If you catch my drift, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, Laco <laughs> Laco is reissuing some of the original 55 millimeter sizes. You can get one of those. Oh my god! I can wear it outside my flight seat on my bicep, dude. <laughs> you can, dude, should, dude, show up to the office with a fifty-five millimeter watch. You'll dude, be I'll fine. just tell people. I'll just tell people it's my. I'll just tell people it's my. It's like it's my remote blood sugar, like blood sugar monitoring uh, device. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, yeah. Totally, yeah, totally see the reaches, hands. 
as soon as my dial reaches a 12 o'clock blood sugar, it's time for me to eat. (laughs) So I have, I have one last one. Oh shit. Okay. So it's not necessary. Not, not part of my picks, but it's, it's something that people talk about a lot. And I think maybe not so much, um, as the one watch discussion, which we'll have eventually the one watch. It needs um, to, that, that discussion needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But the cash in your chips watch, the one that'll stop you from buying more watches. Oh, I know the answer to that already. What's, what's yours? It's the uh, uh, Grand Seiko SBGA 011, the snowflake. The snowflake. <laughs> I, <sighs> I, that's just like, that's just the first thing that popped into my head. I feel like that because it, the idea of the collection is to get things that will always tickle your horological fancy and that you'll always be you know intrigued by but it will always that love will always be spread across several watches so that's why you get a great amount of joy from wearing one watch one day one watch another day if i were to buy the sbga 011 uh, grand seiko snowflake i would never wear another watch again i'm afraid like i'm actually afraid i would never wear another watch again interesting yeah it's that you know it's it's that versatile i think Um, and that interesting and that kind of, it's, um, do you think you would get rid of your other watches? Oh no, you don't get rid of watches. I don't get rid of watches. I would, I would burn them in the back in the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's no, a... no testicles will ever touch these watches after mine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's another thing I'd like to ask the listeners. What's the cash in your chips watch? Yeah. What, what would absolutely do it for you guys? Um, as far as your your timeline as a watch collector uh, what's the, what's the, what's the difference then between the one watch guy and the cash in your chips I'm, I'm assuming the cash in your chips watch is the watch that you get after a series of other watches where you're like yep this is it well the that's yeah that and i think that's different from the one watch guy because i agree because one totally watch agree. people are are rare uh in a sense that i think it's a generational thing like if we talk, we've talked about that guy on Antique Roadshow or whatever. That guy that brought in the GMT. <laughs> Jesus one Christ, watch. Yeah. The thing is, one watch people, they're not watch people to begin with. I think correct. Most of them. No, I, I, my, my, my dad's a one watch guy. That yeah. Rolex Datejust, that two tone Roman numeral white dial Rolex. Yeah, he's he's not a watch guy. Yeah, and that dude, if if you see the video again, he's like, yeah, you know this this guy in my. In my company said it's just the best watch you buy so he bought a gmt yeah, his, master uh, for he like... was saying his, his 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 drill sergeant was saying like before you leave germany or wherever i think i think it was in germany like you know yeah. go and buy a rolex like it's like the best watch ever and the guy knew nothing about yeah. rolex and he bought it based off that recommendation yeah and that's it and and that's <laughs> yeah i think i think one watch people are just a totally different breed than like watch enthusiasts and watch collector. And it's yeah, funny agree. because I think a lot of us kind of aspire to be like the one watch person. Well, because the thing is we hear these stories about, we hear the stories about these motherfuckers in Antiques Roadshow buying these watches. And then you hear the story about their history and how like the history of this watch progressed. And it's that weird fallacy. And it's that weird bullshit thing that marketing does where it says, Hey, well, if you paid this much money, you could potentially have a piece of history or that same type of satisfaction as the one watch guy. But like that's mm-hmm. never, if you're a watch collector and you fantasize about the one watch guy, 
dude, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah. You could be a cash in your chips guy. Yeah. But I don't think you're ever going to be a one watch. I'm never going to be a one watch guy. It's, I, I used to fantasize about that idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's never going to happen. No, I know, I know what you mean. I, I don't even know what my cash in your chips watch would be. Uh, oh, I'm sure you do. There's got to be something. Well, well, like, 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 no hold bar. I, I chose, I chose a several thousand dollar watch. We're talking about cash in your chips. Like, I have 15 minutes to live. <laughs> Man, sky, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Oof. People are gonna hate me for this, but I think, I think okay. it, it would be not, not a chronograph, not an offshore crazy like precious metal version but some some version of a time only royal oak you you like the royal oak we've talked about it before i really do and it's it it makes me it makes me feel dirty (laughs) because that like that goes against my recent mentality on like how much should be spent on a watch to begin with (laughs) but it's the it's the cash in your chips watch so this is the point where you've really reached like the nirvana level of watch collecting where you have transcended beyond whatever fear or predilections or potential watch community hate you could get where it's just like you know what it doesn't matter i've been collecting watches for 20 or 30 years uh um i've reached a point where i can get my cash and chips watch i give a fuck what people think i'm getting this watch you know what i'm saying and that's so it's i think that's a completely reasonable choice but then at the same time i think I think the feeling of satisfaction that I'd get from owning that watch, I think it would be identical to owning the SBGE001. I think I think both of those watches the, the Spring Drive GMT. I, yeah, I think both of those watches would make me just as happy and just as interested in like stopping, <laughs> even <if> like <laughs> even though it would be really rough to get either of those because they're both very expensive, uh, totally yeah, they, totally that, different price ranges. I think the 15- yeah different different price ranges but i mean yeah i feel like for me between the like the like the like you you said stainless steel just regular three-hand royal regular time only i i think i think the reason i like them so much is because ap ap does do the rich guy marketing thing but there's still something really like toolish about like a like a basic royal oak and stainless steel well, supposed, it was it was supposed to be like a rugged watch not, not like a rugged watch but like a sporty watch like an expensive sporty watch right? it, dude it was it's one of the strangest kind of like curveballs that the watch industry ever saw like it was a company like in ruin and it was just a total hail mary we're gonna sell a stainless steel watch as a luxury timepiece and it's gonna cost more than like a ton of gold watches on the market you know yeah at the time they charged what like i think like a thousand or two thousand bucks for it back then yeah i, I don't know i don't know what it was but it was just right. like it was wild and and it's just it's like the craziest part of the company's history and like that kind of move just like totally saved them and it's yeah. synonymous with the brand now and but uh, see you 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 love that watch because you have such a a, a, a passionate connection with the uh, the conception, the inception, the execution of that watch's existence and what yeah. it did for the brand. The love of that watch is not just a love of the watch, it's a love of the brand and the story of how it survived and the story of why we can still look at them in the windows of mayors today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So it's not, it's not just that you want 
you know, a 10, 20, whatever the fuck. I don't know, I don't know how much that watch is, but like a several thousand dollar watch is that like, this yeah. is your, you know. And AP, AP is, they've, they've toned down a bit on like the celebrity endorsements and stuff and like, you know, the Shaquille O'Neal like events or whatever the hell they used to do. I don't think, dude, I don't think they have brand ambassadors, do they? Uh, they probably do. I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't looked. I don't, I don't exactly I don't know. I don't go to audemapigay.ch very often. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they on Instagram? No, no, the, 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 that was uh, that that was longer. Longer just got on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, but no, I like this discussion. I think we have some we have some pretty interesting interesting choices, and I'd like to hear what the uh, what the listeners. Um, yeah, everyone, to be. everyone, definitely, yeah, definitely chime in on not just our categories but are picks within those categories in addition to that if you have categories of your own or or if you have input and or if you have input on the cash in your chips watch because that is a very interesting discussion interesting discussion yeah. sorry my my, my 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 speech impediment is in full swing right now a very <laughs> interesting discussion uh that i would love to return to in the future because like what what an interesting idea like what like it just like philosophically metaphysically within watch collecting what a strange idea when will i reach that point where i see a watch can get that watch and decide to get that watch knowing full well this is it this is my cat i've cashed in all my chips yeah this is the watch yeah because i don't see that it's like asking me when i'm 12 years old when i'm gonna get married that was not on my radar and like getting married What's up? And to reach that point, does mm-hmm. it necessarily have to be an expensive watch? Ooh, I don't think so. That I don't think so. Yeah, that that's funny. You, we're, you're, you, that, that's good. We're 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 breaking down stupid predilections. Yes, I immediately assumed it was supposed to be expensive. It doesn't have to be. No. But then, what's to stop you from getting it now? Well, it, the expense might not be what's making it difficult. It might just be something that you're hunting for. It could be the Slava Medical. Oh. <laughs> Couldn't it? It could be that stupid Slava. That's that. that mm. <laughs> That's for that another time. <laughs> that fucking watch. People have no, no idea what I'm talking about. I, I must have mentioned it before. I'm, I'm, I'm on a fool's hunt for a decent condition Slava Medical that doesn't cost $400. They're out there. Oh, they're out there. <laughs> Just not for me. So maybe, maybe it's the hunt. Maybe it's the maybe it's not. Maybe it's interesting. You know, the cash a, it can be a cash in your chips watch because it's just something that means a great deal to you because you want to mark um kind of like the pinnacle of your watch collecting timeline in some way. That could be an expensive watch, that could be a hard right. to find watch, that could just be a mechanically interesting watch, maybe a complication that you love. Uh, if you're crazy about like a mono pusher chronograph or something, and that's just kind of what you've always wanted to own um you know yeah that long jeans pulse meter yeah son of a bitch man so we'll leave it we'll leave it to the listeners i think i think it's going to be fun to get uh get some answers and uh you know don't be shy you can you can reach us you know just on instagram you can dm us you can email us at tbws.contact at gmail.com um you know, just hit us up any way you can. We'd we'd love yeah. to hear your your choices. Even and just your... just leave us comments in the show uh, on the show graphic when it goes up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, super interested to hear you guys' opinions. Um, 
Yeah, that was. Oh man, we could talk about cash and chips watch for the. Well, well, I'm still just fascinated by the idea. But yeah, okay, we should. Let's not let's not bother the nice people any longer than we already have. Um, okay, you want to do the sign off or should I? Yeah, just just to recap, you know, um, I did it in three slash four watches. You know, the diver, right. the dress watch, the chronograph, and the digital. And write that down, digital. And there were some honorable mention categories slash other ones we'd like input on, like. Is vintage a category? Would the Flieger slash Pilot Watch be a category? Would GMT be a category? But to your point, I mean, my GMT specifically, I think, kind of fits into the everyday beater category, which could potentially be its own category. I don't know. You yeah. Know what I mean, so that's that's. What I'm interested to hear people's uh, opinions because I think it's also really important to ask questions like these because these are the kinds of questions that help us grow as collectors, not just blind consumers. You know what I mean? Yep. Because I think that's, that's actually a really important distinction. I would love to do an episode on the difference between a collector and just another fucking consumer. Mm-hmm. Don't just be another fucking consumer. Be intelligent with, with, with what you collect. Yeah. One day, Michael, I will have a spring drive. One day. <laughs> One day we'll both have them. <laughs> One day. Hashtag spring drive money. Uh, shout out to Aaron Shapiro. Thank you for using that hashtag. Thank <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I think that's good, man. We're We're good. good We're good to go. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, My name is Mike. This is Kaz, and you've been listening to Two Rope Watch Notes. Take it easy. Bye-bye.